the Holy Spirit for weeks now. I think this is about week seven. Is it seven? Six. Six. Like I said, six is what I was thinking. Thanks, honey. Um, and we still got a couple more weeks to go. And it, it, it's taken me a lot of, of relearning and revisiting things that I grew up on. I, I was raised Pentecostal. And I'm grateful for that. But we can't ever brand something that fits the way we want it to work. We can only come into alignment with what he says. That, that's the whole thing right there is, is obedience. And that truly, our biggest struggles inside the church, I'm not, I'm not even talking about outside the church, but inside the church, our biggest struggle is not knowing the word. Our biggest struggle is obeying the word. Sorry. Yes. Not sorry. Obeying the word. Because that's where the abundant life that he has for us comes into play. Will you obey it? Your, your, your flesh is going to fight you every step of the way. And, and here's where we would get into trouble. The way I grew up in it was as long as we had a devil to blame it on. That made it easy for me. Oh, the devil got in that. The devil made me do it. You know what? The truth is, most of my mess, I got myself into. And if you, if you will allow God and His Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit will take away all of your excuses. It'll take away everything that you could have blamed it on. An uncle. A former spouse. A situation. The Bible says this, out of the heart flows the issues of life. And all those things that block you inside the church, somehow they don't block you outside the church. It has got very quiet in here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are alive. Thank you that Jesus, that you are praying for us right now. You're interceding for us. And you've given us giftings that we're going to talk about today. And that we're the body of Christ. And as Matt preached last week, how... This is a church building, but we're the church wherever we go. Yes. He gave an example of running into Brent at the gym. That became church. I ran into some people this week from this body. That became church. Because we are the body of Christ. God, as we are learning to operate in a kingdom facet. Help us, enable us, instruct us. And as we look to your word, help us to be obedient. Be careful to be obedient. 
so that our will will bend to your will and that we'll be found doing what your word says for us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm sorry if it feels a little heavy in here. Maybe I brought it to that place. I'm going to lighten it up here in in a minute. Um, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be defining some of the spiritual gifts today. Next week, now this is a part one, and this is six weeks. And so six weeks in, I'm going to give you a part one and part two, because now we're getting into what we, uh, in the old days, we would have started right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But there's so much background work. So I want to tell you this. You can always go to our website, ChristFellowshipCC.org. Look at um, our messages that are archived, and you can find this series if you want to get caught up on it. And uh, it's just it's the Holy Spirit series. Um, but this, where we're going to go in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I, I want you to know that um, the, this group of people, the, the Corinthians, they were the most spiritual church that there was. They were flowing in, in every spiritual gift. They, they were going in those spiritual gifts. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 7 said they did not lack any spiritual gift. How about that? They weren't lacking in any spiritual gift, but they were also not lacking in being humans. They weren't lacking in flesh. And having to fight flesh and having to uh, obey the Spirit and make the right choice. And the truth is, they were messed up in a lot of ways, yet they were flowing into the gifts of the Spirit in other ways. You say, well, question mark, how can that happen? I'm so glad you asked. There's a couple of answers for that. It may be hard to believe it, but they had spiritual gifts. The same ones that were using these spiritual gifts were also quarreling. They had problems with jealousy. They were, they were quarreling and they were prophesying. They were tolerating sexual sin and having a word of knowledge. They were getting drunk and speaking in tongues. I'm going to tell you what's really hard for me. I'll just be transparent for a second. It's hard for me when somebody's got a word for me but won't ever listen to a word for themselves. And I'm talking about not just, okay, you said this word on me, you called me out, now I'm going to call you out. I'm talking about an open life of sin, open life. And I'm talking about big sin, but yet every time they come around, they got a word for you. And I'm like, wait a second, (laughs) we're trying over here. You know what I'm saying? Those things are hard. And the, the same struggle that was going on then, it just lets me know that we're not so different from the very beginning of church. We're, we're not so different. We're, we're not so polished and cleaned up. I, I finally, my, my dog, th- this, this Bible right here, it is so brand new. And it is goatskin leather. I mean, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. I can't tell you how hard I look for this Bible. This is the fourth one I've had. My dog enjoyed two of them. The scriptural, that, well, the dog got the scriptural part of it. He ate the word, but he ate my word. Now, I, if anybody's going to eat the word, I need to eat it. My dog's eating my word. And I got tired of walking and coming around here with a Bible that was halfway chewed up. Y'all don't act like y'all hadn't seen it. 
So I find, but I'm very particular. There's a Bible that I've, I've had four of them. That they're my preaching Bibles. And I got a brand new one. And now I don't even, watch this. I'll, I'll just show you. Just watch. Watch this. See, it's doing it already. I already did it. See, see that? So y'all can see what I'm talking about. And I want to be careful and separate them onion skins just so. I love that. I like it so much I don't even want to bring it to church. So I might show up with old dog skin again. But, but, but nonetheless, I want to read this scripture to you. But in, in talking about this, um, even, even when we get saved, we're still fleshly. You understand that, right? He does not save us and make us perfect. He's perfect. We are, as Christians, that means like Christ, but not just like Christ. Because we can't attain to that, but we're always trying to be like him. And we can't really, let, let me just give you a little insight into this, if you will. We can't look at people that have spiritual giftings and just wish that we had those spiritual giftings. Because though the gifting might be wonderful, if you met them behind the scenes, everything's not as perfect as that spiritual gift is. And you might be wanting something that you don't want in the whole process of the thing, right? And I'm not trying to say that we can't live in a place of being an example because the truth is, wherever you live, you're an example right now. You're always an example. That should confront us and make us want to do better. But this is, you say, how could that be? How can it be that some of the most carnal people were also some of the most spiritually used people at the time there's a scripture that 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 talks about that it says that the giftings and callings of God are without repentance he does not back away from that why because he has more confidence in his word inside of you than he does you right that's that's just how it is but not just that there's also this uh, another reason I believe that's there is that um, they could be carnal and spiritual at the same time because some of what they were doing, I have to believe, was, was, was out of ignorance. Out of ignorance. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. See right there? And I've preached this many times before. Church people are, as we're learning to flow in the gifts, we, we even started off wrong by saying, well, I just feel like, I, I, I just feel like. Can I tell you that that's not scriptural? He wants us to know. Because no, if we just feel like, then we're being led by our and we're not to be led by our feelings. We're supposed to be led from a place of knowledge. And he, and he said, when it comes to spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, but before I, I, I go much further with that, I, I want to give you some, some background scriptures for that. Um, Four times Paul warned about being ignorant of certain things. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. But in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 5, he says, I don't want you 
to be ignorant about the sin of your history, your fathers, your ancestors. They walked around in sin. And he says, learn from that. And, and then he says this in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. He says he doesn't want them to be ignorant about ongoing sin in your life. In other words, hey, don't do this and do that. Come out and be separate from these things. You, you don't have to do this, and you're sabotaging your witness as you're doing these things. We're, we're supposed to grow up in the Lord, right? And then he says this one. Now, now, this one starts getting scary. This is the fourth time that he's warned about ignorance, and that word ignorant is used more in 1 Corinthians than any other place. So the, the, the proof is that, yeah, the gift and callings are without repentance, but there's also this thing of of ignorance, that God doesn't want us to be ignorant. And he says it over and over, don't be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant about my gifts, and I don't want you to be ignorant about what your, your dad, your uncles, your grandfathers, your, your moms, your grandmothers, your aunts, what they did, learn from that. And then he, he says, don't have ongoing sin in your life. And then he says this one. In 1 Corinthians 14, 38, it says, if he ignores this, he himself will be ignored. Another translation said, if he is ignorant of this, let him continue to be ignorant. What he's saying is that I've warned you about ignorance, and we've talked about your parents' ignorance and your ancestors' ignorance, and I've said, stop being spiritual and being ignorant and stop walking in sin. And now I'm just going to say this. If you're going to continue to be ignorant, then you're going to continue to be ignorant. But we're going to move on. Do you see that? So that would answer some of the question is how they could be spiritual and carnal too. And that should also be a, a warning for us. That we can flow in God's gifts, but we can also flow in our own stuff. What, what, what did I talk to you about? I know the last two Sundays that I preached, I mentioned this, that not only do we have to be careful about the spirit versus the flesh, but I introduced three parts of that. You remember what they were? People, environments, and sounds. So my spirit, my flesh, I've got to be careful about people when it comes. There are people that pull the best out of me and people that pull the worst out of me. I need to choose which people I'm going to keep around in my life. There are environments when it comes to my, spiritual, my spirit and my flesh. There are environments. You, you know it's true. Environments that pull better out of you and pull the worst out of you, right? you got to start setting boundaries of where I'm going to put myself. And sounds. Sounds are a big thing. Men's Fellowship this morning, one of the brothers talked about this. He said, I've learned to be careful about what I'm hearing, what I'm exposing my ear to. The Bible calls your ears gates. And you're the one, you're the one that, that chooses what flows in and out of those flows, uh, those, those gates. People sounds, environments, sounds. There are sounds that pull the best out of you. And sounds that pull the worst out of you. There are sounds that when you hear them, it offends you and you go there. And there is not there. You need to make sure those things are taking you there. I mean, because he knows all the sounds. He knows all the environments. He knows all the people, right? Just saying, okay, y'all give me that look like, come on, pastor, let's move on. Y'all start flipping pages in your Bible like you're being spiritual. You're just trying to make noise to get me to move on, aren't you? 
how is it that we want excellence for everything that pertains to us? But when it comes to excellence as it pertains to God, we struggle with that. Is it okay if I go there for just a second? On the, on the acknowledgement of two people, I'm moving forward with this. Thank you for permission. There are things that God says. I, I, I told you in the beginning. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say this is probably going to take three weeks because I'm just going to meddle for a second. From the spirit to the flesh, if we're going to ever grasp the benefit of the spirit, we can only go to the word and collect all of it and apply all of it to our lives. And we can't cherry pick any of it and say, well, just this, I'll take a little of that and I'll take a little. You can't do that. The Bible says we cannot take away one jot, one tittle. Those were accent marks. By those accent marks, it gave inflection to words. And he said, you can't even take my accents out of my word. You can't change it that much. You know, if we change any of God's word, you know what that does? That does not make us equal to God. That makes us think we're better than God. And he says you can't do it. Okay? So if he's calling for excellence, and he's going to explain to us the gifts of his spirit, as I study this out, I realize why the Holy Spirit is such a controversial thing in our life. Not just that, that one person believes this about the Holy Spirit, one person believes that, one believes it was just for this time, that when the apostles died, it died out, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get into all of that. But I think more than doctrine, our biggest problem is just simple obedience. Because as I've read it, it is not that hard to understand what he was saying. It is not. It is not this big calculus problem. Have y'all seen those colleges where they have the big chalkboard and they got the big equation and they got the ladder and the guy, the professor's writing this whole thing out and he's so smart and at the end, what started there equals this. It's not that hard. The hardest thing about it is will you obey it? This is that simple. Will you obey it? And we can't act so holy in my new Bible and mm, I'm so holy and I still gotta obey it. I gotta obey it. That's the simple thing of it. I got to obey it. But why is it that we want excellence when things come our way? But when it comes his way, we're still deciding what we'll obey and what we want, what we'll apply and what we want. And what can I do to keep from offending anybody? What can I do to keep in step with the world and stay in the closet as a Christian? Let me tell you what you won't do. As we make concessions for God's word, as we decide what we're going to apply and not apply to our life. Somebody serves me up a, a bowl of soup at a restaurant, and I pay 
12 bucks for this bowl of soup. And in that bowl of soup, somebody's hair is in that bowl of soup. I need to speak to a waiter. No, I need you to go get the manager. I need the news station down here. They need to film this hair in my soup. And the eyes get bigger and bigger and bigger. We're totally offended. What if they came to you said and said, yeah, that's Sheila's right there. Just be glad it's not Bubba's. He ain't took a shower all week. <laughs> or what if they said something just completely to slap you and violate your... And say to you, well, <laughs> it's not a whole wig. It's just one hair. Pull it out, man. Do what you would do when you're at your house, right? Yet we want... Excellence coming our way. But we don't know so much that we want to obey Him in excellence. I just had a new roof put on my house. Guess what I picked up this morning? One of these little glad, glad bad boys right here. These will check your salvation, at least what comes out your mouth. <laughs> Let me tell you, you get about three quarters of an inch deep. One of them bad boys. And they ran the magnets around the house, and they did an incredible job. And I remember looking out one time, and, and I saw the guys, pat, 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 pat. They, they bapped them things like machine guns. I'm, like, I'm shocked at how fast these guys could do it. They were very efficient. They were known as being some of the best, and I think that they were. Yet, <clears throat> I demand excellence because I don't like pain. And I picked up a bunch of these. And I started picking them up the moment they left the house. And it wasn't because they didn't try. Everything is not everybody else's responsibility. If I decide, oh, yeah, well, Christine sees it, she'll get it. Or I'm just too busy to deal with that right now. I hadn't let one go. <laughs> I've got every one of them. Why? I don't like how that feels. And I don't want you to not like how that feels. But I can't call those guys back every time and have somebody else fix something that I refuse to pick up. That's unreasonable. That's unreasonable. There are things in our own life that he's calling for excellence in. Why? So you don't get hurt. Can I tell you something? If you won't listen to authorities in your life, pain will become your teacher. And I can't help you with that. It always comes back to, will you obey? There's medicine for every area of your life. But will you obey? Will you obey? I just can't. And we could go on down the line. You buy a car. It's got three good tires on it, but then it's got the spare tire. I don't want that car. It just changed my whole mind about that whole car. 
Does it work? Is it functional? Yes. But it's not excellent. If I'm going to put money into it, I want it excellent. I don't want you to sell me a piece of junk. Right? Why is it that we can be so quick to scream excellence and ignore the excellence that he's given for us? Here's the thing. I want him to be who he is all the time because he's good all the time. And he's really good here between the hours of 1030 and 130. But he's good like that all the time if I let him be. It's real easy to walk in obedience when we're around here. I feel the struggle bus just kind of get back on the road and, and feel like we can push it on down the road for another week. But I don't want us to every, every time we leave here get back on the struggle bus. That's, that's not his will. We can walk this thing out and he'll help us. And he has a plan for, plan for us. But the plan is never going to come into fruition as long as we're disobedient. There's no fine print for disobedience. There, there's no loophole for obedience. The, the, the loophole for obedience is repentance. And can, now, now, we talked about how wonderful it is here for a few hours, but can I tell you where repentance really starts? Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, help me, help me. Oh, we're singing praise and worship, and oh, God, really... Help me, God, praise you. I, I love you, God. Thank you. I know you're going to help me with that thing this week. And I'm not going to do this anymore. But repentance starts right here. Repentance, true repentance starts after you leave this place. Anybody? Anybody? I want you to tell you the truth. It can sound good right here, and it can just be an emotional experience unless we pack that thing and make a decision that I'm going to walk in obedience this time. I'm telling you, usually, and I, I've got some friends that are coming for our marriage council. They, they walk in a genius level when it comes to talking about relationships and things like that, but what I have seen in most people's relationships, and, and, and they don't tell me what they talk about. Trust me, they don't. They don't get to be excellent and genius doing what they do by sharing everybody's stuff. But the little bit of experience I've had talking with people and people that are broken down and hurting and walking some really hard lines and some tough stuff out, you know what I found? They look completely tore up, but the truth of their situation is they just need to move just a little bit. It's, it's usually just the littlest thing. And maybe they don't see it, but could it be that we're just not obeying or even refusing to obey? Because I promise you, you take my advice and you can throw it up in the air and whatever falls down, don't pay any attention to it. But when it comes to the word of the Lord, you better take every bit of it and begin to apply it to your life in the form of obedience. Every word of it. And until you jump that, you're going to find yourself tripping, falling, 
and bound up over and over and over. And nobody's couch can bring out of you the change that you need to make until you become obedient to his word. The Holy Spirit is there for you. Don't you understand that Jesus said, it is better for me to go. That's a statement that came out of Jesus. It is better for me to go. For if I do not go, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit will not come. There was an exchange that had to take place. If I go, I'm going to be praying for you. If he comes, he's going to be given, giving you what proceeds from the Father. And it's, and I don't know how you've experienced it before, but if the Holy Spirit is not doing something to build you up, it's something else. Because the Holy Spirit will only speak what the Father is saying. Amen. I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not just re- giving you my report. I'm giving you a book report. That's what he says about it. And it will lift up and edify and build us up. So on this side, we're getting things to build. And Jesus even told his disciples, his disciples, y'all, his, his very disciples, the ones that had been around him for three years. He says, I've got so much to say to you, but you can't bear it right now. But when he, the Holy Spirit comes, he'll reveal these things to you. He will reveal the truth. You know what else it says about the truth? You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And you know what you'll have without truth? Bondage. Bondage. You'll be strapped down. I can't, you'll be stuck. And you'll be wondering why I can't get unstuck. And it is a terrible thing for a Christian to be stuck. When you start peeling away why you're really stuck. It's not God's will for us to be stuck. It's not. It's it's not His will. Are there going to be times when you're going to face resistance? Resistance? Absolutely. But you know what resistance does? It builds strength in you. You will never have... You guys spend a lot of time in the gym. I used to. You can tell I don't anymore. You guys spent a whole lot of time in the gym, but y'all didn't get looking like that by saying, ah, I'm just going to go to the gym and watch people. Or I'm going, here, here, here's me lifting weights today. And there's no weight there. No growth with no weight. No growth with no resistance in your life. You should be thankful for the resistance in your life. Because God has every victory already mapped out for you. And I bet you stuck wouldn't happen nearly as much if obedience inserts. As soon as you make that move towards obedience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not rocket science. This is His purpose coming alive inside of us. 
And I'm actually going to just stop right here. I've got a lot to keep going, but it's all right. I want to challenge you right now. And the challenge is this. If you never learn one more scripture in your life, will you obey what you know to this point? Have you obeyed to this point what you already know? Because wanting more revelation and you wouldn't obey what he already said. He's not going to do it. You don't get a new revelation when your last response to his revelation is, I won't do that. I have literally heard people tell me that. I have told them, this is what the word of the Lord says about it. And I was not cherry picking. It was completely their situation. Say, this is what the Lord says. This passage right here is exactly where you're at. And they look at me and say, no, no that's too hard. I won't do that. I have nothing else. I have nothing else. You know what my answer to that is now? I have no new revelation for you. I have, I have no second option for you. I have no plan B for you. Let me just end with this. Do you know when, when Paul reached the Epicureans, Mars Hill, those people, they love to hear a new argument. They love to hear something new. They, they love to hear the latest thing coming around the bend. And Paul said this. He said, when I walked in, I realized you are very religious people. And I saw in your court of statues, I saw where you had a monument set aside. And it says, to the unknown God. He said, Let, I'm going to proclaim to you who that unknown God is because you don't know him. And he went to give them the gospel. And this was their response to it. We like this. This is, whoo, we can debate. If you'll come back tomorrow, we'll pick up where we're left off. Paul ends up going to, I believe, Corinth. And he said this. Out of all my learnings, this one thing I do. I will forget everything else except to preach Christ and Him crucified. No more debates. You're not. Why did He leave there? He gave them everything He could. He gave them the truth. But they just wanted to debate the truth. I don't have any time left for that. Stop wasting your time trying to get crops out of rocks move on there's some fertile ground someplace for you there's a place that will receive that soil will receive the seed of his word don't get stuck only on results don't get stuck only on harvest be content if your benchmark is only the harvest 
then you got too much of you involved. I'm sorry, but that's the case. You're, you're, you're dragging your pride wagon along. I, I've been all over y'all's business. I'm going to come over here to their business a little bit. You're dragging, I'm an equal opportunity preacher. <laughs> you're dragging your pride wagon behind you. Todd, you've been living in Ohio too long. Todd's back. Glad to have Todd. Bring your pretty wife and the rest of those children with you next time. You stay there and let her come. No, I'm just kidding. Todd was a part of our church since almost the very beginning. And let me tell you, his wife, and she is pretty, and my wife's sitting right there. She's pretty and amazing and all those wonderful things. You did good, Todd. You did way too good for you. No, I'm just kidding. You're like me. We all married up, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. But she came when we started our church. We were in a house, and she was from the newspaper, and they said, there's a newspaper reporter wants to come and see what y'all are doing. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And I started preaching, and Tricia, she put her pen down and started crying. I, was, I was still wasn't convinced. I said, this could be good. This could be really bad. <laughs> the next thing I know, she brought her husband and stayed with us until you moved back to Ohio. So we're believing that they're coming back. Amen. Word of knowledge. Word of, yeah, whatever we can get out of that. But I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling the wagon over here towards you. Here's the thing. With his word, we've got to learn to change our mindset and be okay with some plowing. I've plowed a lot of fields. Plowing is not easy. There's times when you try to break the ground and it's so crusty and dry like it is right now, you'll mess your equipment up trying to plow right now. And we got to recognize opportunities when it's time to drop the plow. And we got to recognize when it's time to drop seed. And we got to recognize when it's time to water. And then we got to recognize that, hey, if I've plowed and I've planted and I've watered, harvest is coming. And be thankful for that. But this is a process. And we got to be okay with people getting in on the process wherever they can get in at. Amen? We all got in that way. And let's don't forget it. Amen? Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, thank you for the third part of your Godhead. The Holy Spirit is for us. It's not hidden from us. It's hidden for us. Lord, if there's any place in our lives where you have given us your word, but we haven't obeyed your word. Help us to go back to the last thing that you said and make that a place of obedience in our life. For whatever reason, God, for whatever reason we have not obeyed you, forgive us of that, God. Thank you that you love us enough to guide us. And you love us enough to bring us out of a place of ignorance 
from ignorance to knowing to having knowledge to gaining wisdom to gaining understanding because if we don't have those things, we will misinterpret and we will misuse and we will ultimately just make mistake after mistake after mistake. There's always a way out with you, God, and we're grateful for that. And Jesus, that you're right there praying for us. What greater prayer could we have? What, what greater intercession could we have than to know that you're praying for us? Perfect prayers over us. God, help us to be obedient. Help us to walk in a place of excellence with you and realize that that won't just happen because we're claiming that in you, but because we have become obedient to you. Then your blessings will overtake us, God. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, God, that we are declaring. As for us, and as for our homes, and as for our families, and as for our children, we're going to serve you, Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that's alive inside of us. That same spirit and power that raised Jesus from the dead will live inside of us and be active. And in you we live and move and, and have our being. That's what your word says. We're so grateful for it, God. So grateful for it, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your correction, God. Help us to heed it. Us to obey it, us to apply it to our lives. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about y'all. I'm I'm 55 years old.